Blog Talk Radio. right here on Block Talk Radio and UltimateSportsTalk.com alongside the always informative Troy Wilson. Uh, we're going to have a great show today, um, just kind of fitting. Uh, so those of you that are not on social media, but for those that you are on social media, just to let you know, today is a great day for us. Um, very proud day for us today, actually. Um, the a Day of the Girl, the International um, Day of the Girl Child and hashtag out there, um, Hashtag Girl Hero, hashtag uh, Girls Take Over. Big event um, in, in collaboration with the UN, uh, with the people that we work with in, on social media, which would be the Always brand with the Like a Girl program. We also work with um, other programs that this, this girl can out of UK. So today's a huge day. Uh, it's sort of an inspiring day just to get the word out that, um, you know, we got to give opportunities two girls, and then, um, you know, in terms of education, sports, and everything else, and so, uh, Troy, um, you know, you're a parent, you can relate to this, uh, it comes at different levels at some point, um, if you have a, a daughter, it's a little tougher, uh, especially when, you know, in our realm of things that we cover is American football, a lot of, a lot of people are coaches or uh, individuals or organizations don't see the, uh, the benefit of having a girl on a on a football uh, team or a football squad or, a, or at a high school level or university. But you know what? We've, we've done things out of the norm now. Things are coming out where uh, a lot of the girls can play. Brooke Lipsy, uh Kristen Moore, Savannah Milton, uh, Sam Gordon, uh, Carly Harmon, 
before that, um, Kelly McNamara, which there was a video that went viral this week, uh, you know, on, the, on the courtesy of Bleacher, which we really appreciate them working with us and networking with us. So uh, today I thought it was fitting. We are the champions, sort of inspiring at the same time, uh, because we just need to send the message out that uh, girls, not just in education, but in sports, which we cover, um, that the sky's the limit. And if you're willing to do something, you work hard and you're able to achieve it. And a lot of the girls that I just mentioned previously are on a, a boy squad and they're making uh, end of the road and they're all obviously helping their squad in case of Savannah as well, undefeated uh, in the squad. So uh, you got to just say a lot about it, but uh, I just want to bring it up today because it's a huge day, huge day on social media, especially on Twitter for the most part. Um, so I'm very proud that our branding can inspire and bring uh, forth the awareness that we do have a talented girls and women globally that obviously play this sport that is normally considered a male sport that they play American football and they play it just like our slogan says with passion and, and excitement and their game is no joke. So uh, Troy, what would you say about that? Diversity, equal opportunity and empowerment. I just don't, you know, th- it, this bodes well for everyone. You know, when you when we can empower our women and, and include our women in all the things that we love to do, and 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 you know, in our sports and you know, and to see that, I mean, you're starting to see that a lot. You know, the young ladies are competing in in high school football, and you've, we've had before where a young lady competed at Duke University as a kicker. So to see these barriers being broken down. I think that bodes well for everyone. I mean, especially in this climate right now of a lot of racial tension, a lot of gender tension. Um, you know, it, I, I think when it comes down to it, I mean, this can be what you would determine as a as a beacon of hope to have people, you know, have the, the ladies who, who play the sport and are very good at it to get the attention that they deserve. You know, because I, I just feel like, the more we can include everyone in this sport and to make everyone feel welcome. I just think it bodes well for everyone that's involved. In it. Yeah. And I, I want to just uh, say a couple words by just saying to everybody out there that's listening to us, we don't have a big audience, but the audience that we do have, we really appreciate each and every one of our followers and our listeners. Uh, I just want to tell you guys, I've been able to work in the last five years, creating this brand, this excitement, this movement, this awareness, um, BJ Coletta, I will have to give her credit. She's the one that gave me the platform. She's the one that, that allowed me to put this thing together in a passionate, in a passionate way. My nieces, my two nieces, uh, have allowed me and inspired me to go forward and do this. I don't have kids of my own, so at this point, it is a matter of family in the way because I want them to have the same opportunity that anybody else has. And if they put their hard-earned work to it, they deserve to have that opportunity. So the, to the uh, amazing women that I have uh, worked with over the last five years overseas, in, in the States, uh, all the uh, women that we worked with, with the, uh, in the realms of the Women's Tackle Football Leagues, internationally and globally, um, the, the brand that we brought forth uh, with an attitude brand that says these, these girls play American football and the, the game is no joke. I truly appreciate everybody that believes in that brand, believes in the fact that this is what we need to do to bring forth the fact that we have amazing athletes, first and foremost, and then we have amazing women and girls that can play this male sport 
at a high level. And we have proven time and time again on this show where we've interviewed amazing stars, Katie Sowers, we've had, uh, we've had Lisa Horton, we had Rachel Wadowski, we had um, uh, Odessa Jenkins, um, um, Ken, uh, Kenjetta Grisby, um, Adrian Smith, and I can go on and on and on and on in the names. And also to our no-joke football supporters overseas, you know, Lauren Evans, Christy Moran, I will ultimately, you know, I will owe them a lot for them believing in, in our brand and to striving for it. Uh, Liza Thomas for giving us the platform in terms of a visual sense as well. And to all the other uh, people that have helped us along the way, James Johnson, um, Rich Brain out of UK. And what I'm trying to say is all those people believe in the fact that we need to empower and get the word out that girls can play at a high level. And to all the No Joke Football supporters that are working with us that have been patient over time, um, I really, really appreciate that you guys have stuck with me, stuck with our brand, believed in the awareness campaign. And uh, as of probably next week, I will be proud to say that we will be at almost 16,000 strong combined on social media. And to me, that is the ultimate uh, result of gratification because we have, we have made an impact. And I think that's what it boils down to, 16,000 strong from Twitter to Facebook to Instagram uh, to Pin Interest, you name it. We have made a dent, and I can only be uh, appreciative and grateful to each and every woman out there that has, uh, you know, believed in our brand, and also to all the young girls that continue right now to believe in it and inspire the younger generation to do it. And we're going to see amazing, talented women in the next couple years here down the road as the opportunities uh, that have, you know, that Sam Rappaport uh, has afforded the women at the World Games as well, but ultimately internationally as well, how that work is going to evolve. And we've talked about it here on the show, how it's going to grow. So, um, you know, Troy, appreciate you. Erica, Eric Brown, uh, Eric Lynn Anderson, Kishi, uh, Kishi uh, Free, uh, all of us have, at this point, who are current and the past, have made uh, strides and efforts and voiced our concerns and also empowered others to keep going and doing their best. And so uh, I want to just thank everybody for that, uh, to, for making us what we are today. And, uh, you know, number one on Twitter, and I cannot be more appreciative. Um, today we're going to have, it's kind of fitting, the day of the girl today, <laughs> we're going to have uh, the beautiful and talented uh, Nicole Rodriguez, who leads an amazing organization, uh, NRPR, and she's going to be coming on here in a couple minutes. And um, she is a uh, credit right there to what you can do. Uh, she started, and she'll tell her story in a couple minutes, but she started at some point down like everybody else starts, and now she's elevated herself and others around her and her brand to a level now that is well-known. And I'm, I'm very proud uh, to be involved with her, to know her, to, uh, you know, um, be on, social, on a social level as well. Uh, I will striving this year and next year to drive down there to meet her personally because she's just a, a great woman. So we're going we're gonna to have Nicole Rodriguez uh, and we're going to talk some stuff about the NFL, and she can dive into it because she's got uh, a lot of things that she can 
kind of give us an idea behind the backgrounds as we go forward into this next week. And um, Troy, you know, we have a lot of stuff that we can discuss in terms of professional sports and then uh, politics, as we said here before. So in a sports realm, it's always it's always nice that we can combine both in a conversation. But today, the day of the girl, it's awesome that we can combine that as well, but in a positive, like you said, an empowerment. So um, I'm just, like, totally happy today. Yeah, man. I mean, it's an exciting day. I mean, as we said before, you know, just to shine a, shine a light on the ladies and, and, and giving them their due, not just on Mother's Day, you know. So, I mean, it's just it, – it, I think this is a great thing. I mean, again, we're talking about – uh, you know, and this is a, a, a time and especially with this political landscape and, you know, unequal pay in the workplace. And, you know, I've seen these things firsthand and just just the you know, I wish that we could I, I wish I personally could do something, you know, uh, you know, to help it. But then, you know, to work with you and then, you know, pushing the no joke football brand. I just think, you know, this is also, you know, me doing my part as well. I mean, because, you know, I, I have a mother, of course, I have a wife and, you know, I hear their stories as far as, um, you know, unequal treatment and, and things like that. And a lot of times, you know, people just really don't take it seriously. But when you see it firsthand and, you know, it, it really starts to hit home at this point. So anytime I feel like that we can include the ladies and we can, you know, give them their proper due, especially after seeing all the talent that you see on the football field. I mean, from the LFL, from the, you know, the, you know, the WFL, I mean, it's just, you know, just the sheer talent that you see on the field with these ladies. I just, you know, I'm glad that I'm being a part of this because I get a chance to, you know, tell the story on it. And, you know, again, I've already spoken to a couple of my fellas about it and, you know, I've showed them games on online and they were like, man, I didn't even know these girls should play, man. Like, I'm going to have to check this out. And just, you know, just to hear people saying that, it just, you know, it, to me it brings credence to the game because, I mean, these are the guys that I know, they're, they're diehard football guys. And so, you know, when it comes to college, NFL, they're very well versed about it. And for them to uh, basically stamp the women's game, I, to me that really felt – I felt great about it. So I, I just think that this is moving in such a forward direction. It's got a lot of momentum. If we can keep this going, even speed up the momentum – I just think it'll be fantastic for everyone. Yeah, and it's it's good. like I said, it's pretty exciting given the inroads that we've made. Uh, we've talked about coaching in the NFL, how the girls are uh, intern doing internships now. We talked to Odessa about how that's going to be probably a branch that some of them will go to, uh, and then get involved with the you know the clubs, and then at that point, you know, the opportunities will come for others behind them as well. And hopefully, you know, our goal here is to see women's professional football at a high level but not so much in that sense, but in a spotlight, just like an NFL aspect of it, because that's where I think it will be more well-received because now the faces, uh, people will get to know the faces just like we do the NFL players today, and they will get to see the, um, you know, the amazing, talented women, the, um, you know, the aspects of their lives and, and the backgrounds and where they came from. And, you know, we're always in awe, uh, I think, of the, of the NFL, but uh, the women probably have, way better stories in terms of emotion and excitement than the men, than some of the men's do. So, uh, so we're looking forward to that as well. Um, we're going to talk NFL, uh, as we come up to, um, the no joke football huddle sponsored by Zazzle.com. You can go to the, uh, Zazzle.com shop at gridiron beauties. 
Check out all the gear out there. If you take, uh, if you go to the Chalkline gear, you can support the Women's Outback uh, squad that's going to compete at the IFAB World Championships in 2017. So um, what we can do is just go there, make a purchase, and then if you had, did buy a shirt or anything like that, just make sure you send us a pic on Twitter. We'd love to share it on social media just to let everybody know that you're supporting us and you're supporting the girls and on their end road. So far, we've, uh, we've only raised about $200 uh, on the T-shirts because it's at cost. It's $3. But at the same time, that $200 is going to go towards helping in, in some way or another. Um, so we really appreciate everybody uh, taking, taking the time to go to Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. We also appreciate um, you know, listening to it here at Block Talk Radio and at UltimateSportsTalk.com. So without further ado, let's bring in the uh, t- uh, beautiful and talented Nicole Rodriguez of uh, the uh, N- NRPR group. And Nicole, how's it going today? It's going well. Yeah, I'm excited to be on the show again. You guys are amazing. And uh, yeah, I've missed you a lot. So I'm, I'm very happy to be back and happy that the football season has not only started, but it's, it's actually going really well for the Raiders. So it's a good time to be on the show and uh, just a good time to, you know, to be a Raider fan. How's it going, Nicole? I don't think uh, I don't know. If Troy was here. Troy, were you here before when she was on? Yes, I was. I was. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um, so, Nicole, uh, tell the tell the our our listeners a little bit about you and kind of like you know it's been a while, but a little bit about you. Uh, tell them a little bit about um, you know your branding. We're talking about Day of the Girl today. It's very exciting on Twitter today. Um, I don't know if, you know, if you're following it or not, it was trending all day. Uh, it's kind of died down now, but for the most part, it was trending for the ma- majority of the evening. I was up late last night, um, you know, with people up in the UK and Australia and everywhere else and sort of, sort of very exciting. So, um, I, you know, it was kind of like fitting to have you in today because it is the day of the girl. And I think your story is very inspiring at the fact that, you know, you created something, uh, you know, from the ground up. And now you're at, at, at another level. Um, so, you know, not in a sports sense, but in a business sense. And that is obviously, a lot, I think, a lot more impactful than in a sports sense uh, because it's, you know, it's livelihood and everything else. So let our listeners know your great story. Sure, yeah, happy to share it. So in a nutshell, um, I guess you can say that uh, I got my start um, just being a, a dreamer as a, a little girl, <laughs> uh, at the age of eight, I, uh, I was already watching football, a big, big football fan, and uh, also sort of aspiring to get into a career as a cheerleader. I began as a cheerleader, and uh, my mom signed me up right at the age of eight. You know, the colors of the team I cheered for were black and white, um, but it to me, represented a lot of the Raiders. And uh, I actually told my, my family at that age I wanted to be a Raiderette. And uh, that kind of stuck with me. I think even going through school and everything, I, I ended up going to college and majoring in something that was very natural to me. Um, PR was my major. And, um, you know, it just it seemed extremely fitting. Um, but I never kept my eye off the prize. I had a really great friend in college her name was Candace and we used to talk about how one day we're actually going to do PR for the Raiders and we were dreaming and I said you know and also one day I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to have my own agency 
as a college student having these visions and Candace actually pursued it while I actually went to go pursue a PR career in enterprise software. I was like, man, Candace went and worked for the Raiders. She actually did what we said we were going to do. And not that enterprise software wasn't bad. It's definitely where the money was at when uh, the tech boom was happening and started in Silicon Valley. Um, but after being in the tech world for a couple of years, I realized, one, I still had my dream that I wanted to be a cheerleader for the Raiders. And two, I still had the dream of actually doing PR for them. And I thought, you know what? I'm only, what, at that point, 22 years old. I can still take chances. If I don't take this chance, I'll never be able to do it. I'm just going to go for it. And Candace and I were talking. She said, yo, I actually got promoted from intern, and I actually work in-house as their community coordinator. I know that they would love you. Why don't you come in and interview? The only problem is you're going to have to start as an intern for free. And I said, you know what? I would leave my salary. I would leave this comfort that I have knowing that I know so much about the Raiders and, you know, the money follows where your passion is. And I said, you know, I'll interview with them. I know I'll get the internship. They're going to love me. I know everything about the team, you know, everything about Al Davis. I'm going to go in there and knock them off, you know, uh, just really impress them, right? And that's what happened. I walked in and I said, look, you can interview all the guys you want. I mean, talk about celebration of the girl. I said, I can out Raider any of the guy interns that you have right now. I've done my homework. I've been following this team for years. I don't just want to be here because I want to be around football players and blah, blah, blah. I want to be here because this is where my passion is, and I want to take my smarts into something that I know I could really sink my teeth into. So long story short, I got the internship. A couple months into it, I also told them, you know what, I have another dream, and that's actually to try out for the Raiderettes, and I don't expect uh, any special treatment. I want to just try out and see if it's something that I can do because also dancing is a passion of mine. So I trained really, really hard. And uh, it was the year right after the Super Bowl. There were 700 girls that tried out that year, and I was one of 10 rookies to make it. So not only was I doing PR for the Raiders, I was also cheerleading for them, literally living out my dream in that moment. And at that point, I knew that anything was possible. And I said, I'm just going to keep growing myself in this career because I know that eventually I'm going to be able to make a name not only for myself, but for an eventual company that I'm going to have. And I'm going to move to L.A. and I'm going to make all of these happen, these things happen. And now, <laughs> again, <laughs> that's totally, totally where I'm at right now. And I, my goal is to just keep setting goals and reaching them so that I can inspire other little girls and even little boys to go after what it is they want because that's literally what I've been doing my whole life. Everything I've ever said I was going to do, I can now say that I've done and I'm doing, and I'm so proud of that. I'm extremely proud of my team for being part of, and I tell them this every day, they are a part of my dream. They're a part of my vision, and I get the privilege of being able to wake up every day saying that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing in this moment, and um, it feels really good. Yeah, and, and it's you know, and today is a fitting day for that because, um, you know, like I said in the opening, there's a lot of girls out there that uh, create, you know, are create obstacles. Uh, obstacles are created for them for an opportunity just to play a sport 
that they also love, but because it's, you know, it's not a norm in certain organizations, it becomes such a barrier for them. But we've made strides. Um, we're, you know, I think we're moving forward, as Troy says. Um, so it's great. And then and your brand is just, it's just growing, Nicole. I mean, it's like, you're just, I mean, it's just great. Yeah, thanks. I mean, we are 15 team members strong now in about two and a half years. And, uh, you know, the clients that we have on our roster are, they're just, they're amazing enterprise level companies um, and brands. And I just, I couldn't be prouder. Yeah, it's it's great. Troy, you got anything for Nicole? Yeah, I mean, just, um, you know, just listening to your story and, I'm pretty sure the one thing that they were impressed with, the, the, the things that they were impressed with were, number one, the passion, and number two, the integrity. Because, you know, when Absolutely. you come out and you say, yeah, when you come out and say, you know, I can outrate her any, any of the interns that we have, and this has been a lifelong dream, and then you're standing at the doorstep, and, if, and the second that they say it's an internship, you get paid for free, I mean, you know, you won't get paid, it'll be you know, unpaid internship, and you were just like, oh, yep, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. And it's just like at that point, they're like, okay, we know she's for real. She's not blowing smoke. And so I just think anyone that is listening to this, especially the ladies out there who, you know, have a passion and they are, you know, uh, they aspire to, to, you know, they have a dream to, to be whatever they want to be. I mean, I think that's the starting point is, number one, having a passion for it. And number two, having that integrity. And so I just I just love listening to the stories that, that you have on that. I just think that is completely awesome. I mean, just, you know, especially starting, you know, starting where you started at. I just think it's incredible. Um, so well, thank what's your, you. What's, no problem, no problem. I did have a question, though, especially since you are in PR. And I know this is a little bit off topic, but not really. So the way that uh, – Donald Trump is running his campaign. <laughs> what oh, would you tell? <laughs> what would you tell this guy as far as like you know behind the scenes, like as far as the way he's doing these things? I mean, would you tell him to be like more more like himself and, and taking out all the context, just you know as far as how you personally feel about him? If this is just a business portion of it, and he hired you to do the business, how would you would you allow him to continue to go how he's going, or would you tell him, look, man, you got to scale this back a little bit? Yeah, no, that's actually a really great question, a fitting question, actually. Um, I was sitting with my daughter on Friday uh, when the whole tape scandal kind of came out, and. I, you know, I've been watching everything happening with this political campaign. I think it's very important that she understands that this is a historical moment with Hillary Clinton running and her potentially becoming the first president of the United States that happens to be a female. And so in that discussion, I said, look, here's an explanation of what what mom does, right? If Donald Trump was my client, okay, and I was forced to represent him, which I probably would have fired him a long time ago <laughs> then i i honestly would say hey, at least she's honest yes here is how you clear this up you have to be honest and sorry you have to be yourself unfortunately <laughs> but you have to first and foremost be honest and sorry 
and mean it and know that people would not be upset if it wasn't offensive. Now, people do grow. And the funny thing is, and I apologize for, for this background noise, I'm actually on my way to an event. Uh, good times. The life of a publicist. Um, so I literally, when he came out and gave his speech, I was like, that's exactly what I would have written for him. And you all know that was written for him. Of course, he had a say in what the final words were, but he said it was a long time ago. I wouldn't have said locker room talk. That's just not true. Knowing that I've worked with the Raiders and worked with a lot of athletes, not every guy talks like a scumbag. Is this how some guys will talk? It's macho talk, sure. But the fact that he said those things, the main thing that I would have said is admit it because you can't go back. It did happen. Yes, it happened. You are sorry, and you are aiming to make change. This thing has been so in my face, right? I would, I would have told him to say, this is so embarrassing. I am making a vow right now that even if I've changed my ways slightly, I am going to be changing them incredibly and without any hesitation. This has shown me just how far I've come and just how far I know I still need to go in order to be more appreciative and respecting of the women who are shaping this country. And he should have said it with passion and conviction. I, I've been watching his quote-unquote manager, his campaign manager, when she gets on, on um, interviews uh, because it's like, you know, she's also in this industry. And I'm like, man, you have the hardest job in the country right now. Sister, yeah. I would have, I would have, I would have absolutely fired this guy a long time ago because I have integrity. Yeah, and I, I think that's 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 what exactly what I was going to. I mean, it's just you know, there has to be some semblance of integrity there, and I just think what along with it. And I hate to take a shot at you know all of the Donald Trump supporters, so I won't say that. What I'll say is the ones that I've seen on CNN defending his actions. I would sit back and oh, say, my God. you know, they're just they're just <laughs> stepping in line with this guy, and they're afraid to step on his toes. Basically, I just think it's it's just it's just a bad sign altogether. Um, but I did want to ask you, I did want to ask you another question. I'm going to take this one across the bay to that other team, San Francisco 49ers. As far as oh. how Colin Kaepernick <laughs> is, you know, with his stance with the national anthem, and you know, initially he was sitting on the bench, and now he's kneeling down. I personally think that he has handled this tremendously well. I just think I, I'm really proud of the way he's, he's um, you know, that he's reached out to people as far as suggestions, and then he came back with the suggestion, and then he sat with the guy who was actually in the military. What, are your, what is your take on how Colin Kaepernick's stance is, and, and how would you go about uh, uh, counseling him going forward? Yeah, I, that's actually another great and fitting question. I think for me, what it what it really comes down to is is having personal and self respect. Despite what's happening in our country, you might have your your opinions on how things are going, whether or not they're going right in your eyes. I think the unfortunate part is that Colin Kaepernick, without making an announcement ahead of time, just blatantly disregarded 
what we do for our national anthem, forgetting, forgetting that the whole reason that we do the national anthem is because we do it in remembrance of all of the people who fought for our freedom that we have right now and that so many of us take for granted. And I think that, unfortunately, if there was something that he wanted to do to make a statement, that something should have been said before that happened because it took America by surprise. And it was bad for it was bad PR for him because people had to then translate his action after the fact. Right now, as his publicist, I would have never, ever told him to do something like that, that, you know what? if you are having an issue or you feel that something's wrong in our country, there are more positive ways to sort of make a stand and, and whatever. But you have to remember that kids, no matter what, they're watching you and they are very impressionable. And you're reminding them that sometimes, yeah, it's okay. You can be disrespectful. I just don't, I just don't believe in that. I really don't. So I think that I've had an issue with more and more people thinking that it's okay to just not appreciate the fact that we all, no matter what, you can look at what's happening in countries that are worse. Unfortunately, you know, I'm also part Syrian. So to know what's happening in Syria, knowing that I live in America free, I will pledge allegiance all day and be thankful for the freedoms that I have as a woman, as a person, as someone who has, you know, risen up out of my own sort of hard work, because that's what America lets us do. It really, really does. There is a lot of opportunity in America. And I think that people need to remember that, that it was because of the people who fought before us. Great response. Great, great response. Oscar, you have anything? Yeah, no, I mean, I think those are valid points. Um, Nicole, are, are you on the crunch for time? Because uh, we only got Not a couple enough. more things we'll discuss, but okay, no, no problem. No, problem. Um, no, I mean, I, I just think a lot of it has to do with, you know, when we get into politics and you mix it with sports, it's, um, you know, to me, it's always a fine line. Because it's like two audiences. It's no different than the parties that we have now, you know, where you, you, you know, you're either going to be on one side of the fence or the other, and you're going to feel the passion for one or the other. Um, I just think, you know, in his aspects of it, um, I think he's done it pretty well, like Troy says, because he hasn't come out and been vocal to the point where he's like, you know, um, bringing out and voicing his concern almost week in, week out. You know what I'm saying? He basically just made a statement, uh, and then every, everybody else around him in terms of the league and others felt the same way, and we started with the sitting, then we went to the kneeling, and then at some point everybody stood and raised their arm, um, you know, and stuff like that. So it, it's the, the, the key for me is that it hasn't escalated into the stands uh, where you can incite other people to just completely go off in the stands, you know, because that could have happened. So in that aspect sure. of it, I think he's he's done a, he's done a good job in terms of just you know having somebody stand up for a belief, um, and we you know we have a lot of patriots just like you said you're passionate about it because you can't you know your, your background or your family came from a different uh, aspect of the world where it, maybe it was more horrible, um, and so you, you know the the fact that you can live in freedom and have the freedom rights and all of like that the, the anthem obviously stands for that, uh, and there's others that we talked about before that felt 
uh, otherwise because they go back in history and they assume that obviously they're being oppressed uh, when in reality it you know it becomes a, a it's a viewpoint from everybody differently everybody views it differently so um, to me I mean I think of the same lines as you do which I think the anthem represents just you know you can take the words and we can you can always omit words if you wanted to but the fact that you have to stand and just praise the flag and what it stands for and the people that have died for the freedom of the flag. Um, I don't even think Cap's point was that in, in to insult the flag. I think his point was just to address a um, policing issue that, like I've talked to before here, that needs to be addressed at the community level, the local level, the county level, uh, the state level, because if, if, the, if you don't address it there, it's never going to change because you can claim something to be rampant all over the country when in reality it isn't. Uh, in reality, you know, in my time with the military is you have what they call hotspots. And when you go to, you know, you go to combat or anything like that, certain uh, aspects usually become hotspots. The whole country isn't rotten, as an example. It's just certain right. spots are bad. And that means, you know, that the people in those areas, which would be local. I was told by a general one time that the cancer doesn't, the cancer isn't an overwhelming cancer. It starts at the small little, little dot. So we have to readdress the dot before it spreads to the whole body. So, so in reality is, you know, certain communities in our country that are having policing issues that are, uh, that other folks have feel like they're being targeted. Those are the, those are the communities that the governors of those states, the congressmen in those counties have to go back and address the individuals in those communities and say, you guys are doing a, you know, you guys are doing a disservice number one to those folks, but at the same time, you need to start, you know, building community relations with the police department, community relations with the, you know, the, the legal aspect of everything to make sure that things get better, not worse. Um, so I think that's, that's the boil down to it. But in sports, as we're talking about with Cap, it's going to be funny, uh, Troy, that you bring it up now because he's back on as a starting, as a starter this week. So uh, after, uh, I guess, the Chip Kelly experiment, you know, after my Rams get beat down in week one, <laughs> um, He's on. He, he's on. He's you know. It's, it's he's the sheriff now. So um, it's going to be tough. I guess we'll see how the reaction is of the fans since now that he's uh, uh, under center. And Troy, you've said it before. If he doesn't perform well, after this point, he's he's after everything that's happened, he's going under center now. So if he gets the win on Sunday, for example, um, Nicole, what would be the at this point? The PR has been pretty low key. So he's kept it to a point where it's it's being addressed nationwide. The league hasn't come down on it hammered. His owner supported him in all aspects of it. Um, so at this point, if he loses on Sunday, for example, uh, we have negative people on both sides or we have positive people on both sides. But do you feel like there's going to be a lash if the Niners go, you know, another loss this week with, with him under center? Well, I think for the Niners, yes. I mean, if you're thinking about the whole – sort of movement that you're yeah. trying to, to push or pursue, sure. I think that at that point you lose a little bit of influence when fans get upset. I think it just goes hand in hand. Um, but I think that, you know, it's been under wraps for a little while, right? And unless, and, and this is with anything, whether it's a company, a movement, whatever, if there is nothing to move it in terms of momentum, right? A win would give something like this more momentum. It would escalate his voice. Some sort of change in it where he actually says, okay, instead of doing this, 
guys, I have a solution. I can solve this. And after, you know, weeks of doing this and it, I really reflected and here's whatever it's, it's momentum. It's a, it's a thrust sort of in that, in a forward direction. Uh, I think if they lose and he has nothing else to give it momentum, it'll probably just die down naturally, just like it would with a company or, or a brand or anything else like that. Troy, what do you think? If if he loses, does he get backlash at this point for a bad? If he, I mean, if he performs bad, it's, I should say that not that he loses, but if he performs bad and they even if they lose, in other words, um, but if he performs bad, do you think he's going to get some sort of flack over it? Well, you're going to have factions of the public that are that's the first thing that they're going to pounce on, uh, especially with the the way social media is. I mean, if you look on Twitter and see some of the things that are being said on Twitter. It's just, I mean, I, wow. I mean, I, I, I had no idea it was that much vitriol until I got on social media several years ago. And I'm just like, these people really just saying all this stuff. I mean, you see it on YouTube videos and the comment sections also. It's just, you know, so people are ready to pounce and attack. But I think the, the, the one thing that, you know, um, Cap and any other player, for that matter, who is on the cusp of, you know, uh, sink or swim or what have you. I just think that the good thing is this will be his first test in a long time since last season. He was, I guess he was hurt after week six. And um, this will be his first test since then. So, you know, no one's, I don't think many people are going out there expecting him to be the second coming of Johnny United. But I just think that, um, you know, there are going to be his detractors on social media that are really, really going to attack him. So if they can put on the blinders for that one, I just think that's, you know, that would be his best move. And speaking of that, that's another question I wanted to ask you is re- regarding PR. Um, how does social media make your job that much more difficult? I mean, because I'm thinking like back in the 90s and in the, the 2000s, early 2000s, you know, you could kind of get away with, you know, doing certain things out in public, but now with everything, with the camera phones and, and you know, uh, social media, how how do you deal with the firestorm of social media when you have scandals that come about? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think what social media does, I know for me, for example, it actually causes me to be more mindful for my clients and therefore you know, when I give counsel to them, I remind them people are always watching. People always have something to say and people are always going to be watching what you say. So be careful with your words, just kind of like how mom used to be when we were younger, you know, use your words wisely, choose them wisely, be mindful. I think social media lets us sort of communicate on a whim. And I think the best thing is when we know how to sort of control our impulses really think before we speak unlike say someone like trump who literally will will get upset and you can tell when his ego is scarred something is being said you're not thinking about your words you're not it can be a very powerful and positive tool when used the right way but the cameras quote unquote are always on be careful be mindful be respectful this should actually be a good thing, you know, to because people have to be on, you know, they have to be good. 
Would you be the portion that everybody? One other thing I wanted to add. The other thing, especially when it comes to like crisis communications, I think back in the day when someone would make a mistake, they wouldn't always have to put out a quick, I'm sorry. And I think that social media, because you can't escape what happens, you can't camera and it's on YouTube. It forces people to actually, you know, when they do it right, have to own up to what they do because the camera and that footage doesn't lie, right? Or the tweet or whatever. That is there. That is proof. So there you go, people. You have to be accountable for your actions. So I, I think in that way, social media um, can be a good thing. It's, it's great that you say that because, you know, we I was just talking the other day, and this it's funny how, you know, even in your job, you know, with you doing PR, it can still translate to uh, quote-unquote real-life situations like when you're dealing with your children, if you're, you know, dealing with a family member. It's the same thing because I, I was just having this conversation, you know, with my son, and it's not so much about just social media, but just, you know, in general when you say things, it's hard to take these things back. But I think what happens is when you make those mistakes, the one thing I really don't see a whole lot of people doing is I don't see a whole lot of people owning up to it. I mean, because yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to arguments, when it comes to making mistakes, I always found that the best way to to get it over and done with is to be contrite, is to come out and say, hey, listen, you know what? I messed up. I messed up big time. I really don't have any excuse for it. I mean, I I really just screwed up. I apologize. I just, you know, I hope you guys can understand that I made this mistake and going forward I won't have it again. And and literally, I haven't had one instance. I don't care what the situation was. I haven't had one instance where somebody said, nope, 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 we're still going to bomb on you. We're still going to do this. We're still going to do this. You know, everybody was just like, oh, wow. Uh, Well, hey, man, yeah, you know what? Everyone does make mistakes. You're right. And I just think most people who get caught up in these things don't go with the honesty move first. And I just I, I, I I've never understood that because I always had great um, I always had a great experience doing it. Once you get into the habit of owning up, like just like with as kids, you know, I grew up the oldest of nine kids, and when someone in our family did something wrong. Mom was locking us up in a room until we actually walked out of there getting along. And what I learned was, even if I did something wrong, because I'll tell you, I took one of my sister's Barbie dolls, and I cut every single one of their hair off. I was so (laughs) mad at her. I cut it all. All of it. And, you know, and she hated me. Nicole, Nicole, (laughs) this is it. This is kind of eye-opening. (laughs) <laughs> yes, and I and you know what? And I didn't want to say sorry because you know what? She didn't get me anything for my birthday, you guys, and I was hurt. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, a look into the huh? a look huh. into the soul of Nicole. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's why you're in PR. That's why you're in PR now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, I I learned what an I'm sorry could do. It's real powerful. But no, I just really, to be honest, I. I, I hurt her, and it was like, okay, I got the reaction I wanted, but 
did I really want that? And I had to be real sorry. I mean, that's still something we still joke about to this day. She's like, mm-hmm, I just know never to put Barbies around you ever again. But, like, wow. you know, and, but I, I couldn't get out of that room, not just with a sorry. I had to mean it. And I did. And, and I had to see my sister's hurt, knowing that, like, I mean, she was one of those, like, she liked to, de- she liked to dress her dolls. I was never a big, big Barbie person, so to me, I was just like, eh, whatever, these dolls are dumb, and, and, I, and I did that, and I hurt her, and, I, and man, was I sorry, I mean, those tears, and you know what, and she forgave me, and I'm sure that there have been other arguments that I've gotten into with my, my siblings, and I think ha- coming from a big family, learning that, it's like teaching or, or, or like strengthening a muscle, you go to the gym, that, that muscle gets stronger. Having right. sincere, like being sincere about it, you can get, uh, not pardoned, but you can be forgiven nine times out of ten, right? There, there might be some people out there that just like to hold a grudge, but I'll tell you, with a real, like, heartfelt I'm sorry, not only is your integrity level raised, but you learn just how, how powerful that being honest can be. And I think that more people need to train that muscle. Sometimes they just haven't had the opportunity to just really own up and, and know how good it feels to be forgiven. You know, I'll give you a military analogy. I'll give you a military analogy. Uh, when you pull the plug on the grenade and didn't think before, Bad things happen. Just the way it goes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad move. Yeah. It's a bad move. What do you mean it's gonna go off? Yeah, well yeah. You didn't think twice about that. <laughs> you pulled the plug, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my drill that was one of my drill sergeants. Um I guess we can equate that to a political sense too, because that blows up and things blow up in, in everything now on social media. So I mean when I have to tweet something out uh you you don't understand like i've told a couple people around me we gotta look we gotta go over it more than once <laughs> because it's got to make some sense because sometimes it can be taken into out of context and it's not what we wanted to say so even oh, 140 sure. characters can damage you you know what i mean <laughs> and oh, even if yeah. you don't use 140 characters it could be damaging <laughs> Well, that, and that's what I tell my team. It's also what I, I recommend to my clients. You know, as silly as it might sound, even good grammar and decent punctuation, it's a lot. It says a lot about your character, and, and, uh, and it's good PR for you, you know. I'm like, look, do you, you want to be lazy and just misspell things, not pay attention? It, that shows people the type of attention to detail that you give to things in your life, your career, your family, whatever. Pay, pay attention to those things. You know, use use good judgment, good thought, and as much as you can, good grammar and punctuation. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even, Nicole, even myself, what if you're uh, if you're Roger? Go ahead, go ahead, Troy. Oh no, go ahead. You said Roger Goodell. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're Roger Goodell <laughs> right now, uh, and your ratings are down, um, but I, I'm thinking the ratings. Because it's a big, it, it's like a big story. This what uh, the last seventy-two hours, the last two weeks, the ratings have been down. But is it is it more political because the people are paying attention more to the politics that that's going on right now versus a game? Because I know for me, you know, 
uh, on Monday night, um, you know, it, it wasn't my team playing, so it's kind of like I'm going to go watch the debate. You know what I'm saying? And when you weigh oh, sure. uh, the importance, when you weigh the importance of it, right? You're like, I'm not going to be watching a football game because I can DVR it and, and watch it later or, or record it or whatever. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and watch the debate, for example. Um, so th- the report is that ratings have been down. Uh, you know, hearsay and rumors, okay, it's, it's, it, it's because of cap, which reality is just, you know, blown out of proportion because cap hasn't even, besides his stance, cap hasn't been week to week playing at all. So it's not like he's, you know, he's made an influence or something. Um, so do you think maybe it's just because of the politics this year, the the election this year, uh, the fact that the NFL is down? Or is it the fact that, um, you know, we have, like you said, people that kind of, you know, when that happened with Cap maybe turned away and didn't go to the games? And stuff? On a PR level, I mean, is that, you know, how are you going to patch that up, in other words? Like, do we go back to some sort of campaign and promotion to bring fans back, as an example? No, you know, I don't think that it's a it's a one thing, oh, Kaepernick did this and, and ratings are just down. I think the political thing definitely plays into it. I think what's happening with our country, people people are actually paying attention. You know, think about the debates and how um, sort of highly watched that they've been. I, you know, for instance, was more excited about watching the debates than, you know, than football. And thankfully, you know, the Raiders had already played on Sunday and, but I definitely was looking forward to it. I think, and I think the numbers don't lie. Obviously if the ratings are down, they're down, but I think that come November when all this stuff has sort of died down, I mean, you even think about, you know, looking at the chatter on social media, I see way more chatter happening about politics than I do about the NFL. It's not necessarily the NFL's fault. It's just what's happening in the country, and people only have so much attention to give. And I say, you know what, NFL, get back. There are things sometimes that are a little bit more important than you. People will love you. People will always flock. It's not anything you're doing wrong. It's just that there's some stuff that that might be a little bit more important to people's attention right now, and I think that that's okay. They can take a little bit of a backseat. I don't think it's going to last forever. When people love football, they love football. They love their teams. That passion is there. Sorry, what do you think? Well, I will, well, I will say this. Um, you know, you guys may have watched the debate that Monday, but what you missed was one hell of a game by the Falcons. It was their coming out party. The Atlanta Falcons are now starting to take over the NFL, and you guys are going to end up seeing a rematch of that 1999 uh, NFC Championship game where it's going to be the Minnesota Vikings versus the Falcons. So right now you guys are looking on TV, you know, on, at the standings and saying, oh, they're 4-1, but you guys missed a great game. The game was 45-32. to 32. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm telling you guys off the break, I'm a football junkie. So when everybody else was watching the debate, I think I was like one out of the 16 people across the United States that was actually watching the Falcons in the Saints play. So, yeah, that was a great night. <laughs> I was the lonely guy that night. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crickets on Twitter. So, that's that's what it was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm trying to talk to my friends about, hey man, did you see that play? They're just like, what? Uh, what Trump do? What did he do? What, what did he say? The Trump say something again? I'm like, nah. I'm playing, like Atlanta, the New Orleans, they're, they're playing. Oh, they play. Wait a minute. Today's Monday. I'm checking tomorrow, man. I'm like, wow. Okay. I guess it's that important. 
But no, I was glued to the so, TV uh, watching football. Troy, you're, you're doing a. Troy, you're getting the highlight reels from uh, the after the debate. You're just you're just getting the key points. You're not watching the whole yep. thing. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like just, just whatever I need. Just, just whatever. <laughs> Let somebody else dissect it for me. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, if, if you if That's you're my funny. Facebook friend, I said that afterwards. Okay, so who won the debate? Like, because <laughs> I wasn't watching it, man. You know we what? I, know I, I will be I will be honest. I will be honest here. Um, I was on Facebook. Uh, a couple people said to me, "If you're for this party and that party, uh, I'm no longer your friend." And I will I will be very oh, frank man. with with them. And you know what I said? I just said to them, "You have a choice." So it's either stay with me or leave. It's that personal. And if you feel like leaving, I'm okay with that. If you feel like staying, I'm good. <laughs> so I don't, you know, when, when somebody told me the other day, well, I got over a thousand friends. And let me tell you how many friends you really have. You have about 20. Because, yeah. when, yeah. you know, when, yeah. when it comes to social media, your circle is about 20. It's called whoever's in 30-mile radius or, or one county over. And that's it. The rest of them, they're just likes because they like you, and they're and they don't like because they don't like you. But other than that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like too extreme. Uh, to me, when it gets down to when it gets down to politics, I don't force anything on on a person in terms of a social media aspect of it. You know why? Because it's like a match that lights up and it just starts a fire, and then from there it goes bad. So to me, it's like you know what. I'm not going to voice my uh, my political uh, aspect of it. I'll do it on occasion because I feel passionate about a subject or or a situation that happened in that aspect, and I'll put my two cents to it because I feel like okay, it needs to be put in. But other than that, I'm not you know blowing up my uh, my Facebook page in a campaign mode for for a politician because then at that point you're like you're an activist. You're not you're no longer a person just voicing your opinion. You're just act, you're doing an activist type deal, and I don't I just. I think that's just horrible to use it that way. It's just, you know, and the worst go to the booth. Go to the booth on November 8th, and as they said before, vote your conscience. <laughs> You're going to ink somebody yeah. for one or the other, okay? And in this, in this realm of, the, of our land today, based on opinion, both sides are horrible, as far as I can tell from people's opinions. So it's like we have to choose one or the other. Who's worse or who's better? I mean, you have to make that choice. But, it, you know, social media, like I said, can get you to that point where you got people like abandoning you just because you make a statement or you make a comment or you make a suggestion or you put that on it. I think that's to me, that's childish. OK, if you if you have something to say, make a comment. You can have a, a civil discussion on a disagreement because we're not we're, we are not all going to get along with a certain co- topic or comment or we're not going to have that. But, you know, reality is just like in sports, you know, when you lose and you come off the field and somebody says, you just got your butt whipped, you're either going to take it or you're going to turn around and go, next time, you watch out. You know, you're either going to come up with some sort of a comeback for it and get ready for the next round. I don't know. Just It just works out that way. But but the NFL being down, I think, Nicole, to your point, is correct. I think the, the importance outside of sports is, is what's important, especially in this, in this year. Um, they'll survive. I mean, they're just – they're big time multi and do. Troy, you watching you watching Monday night football over the election? I mean, come on, what are you doing? 
I mean, I, I kind of already seen all I mean to see, so <laughs> I just, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna be swayed either way. I mean, I'm just like I'm looking at exactly. It like, all the reason I'm watching is for the entertainment value, and I think like most of the 70 million out there, I really don't God. think that they tuned in to listen to the issues. <laughs> they wanted to no, see, not. you know, they wanted to see Trump act up. So I just didn't want to be part of that clown show. I wanted to stick to my – because I don't like change, man. I don't like change. I like – you know, I have you a know, team, you, so in the fall, I watch Monday Night Football. You know what one of my neighbors said to me? Did you get to see those squiggly lines where it says red and yellow when they're talking? I think that's very passionate and amazing. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> what? That's what he said to me. You know, you know the, the, when they're watching the debate, there's the uh, the parameter uh, of a reaction, you know, where uh, uh, the either side reacts to a certain comment from uh, one of the candidates. So his his whole ordeal is just to watch that, because he just wants to, you know, he wants to see what the what the reaction is from a certain comment. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's your excitement. No big deal then. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, honestly that's the only like I watched this. I, you know, uh, my wife, she wanted to watch a Sunday night, the, the, the last one. And, you know, just everyone wanted to see how he was going to react, you know, especially after the, the, you know, the scandal of, you know, of him basically admitting that he sexually assaults women and, you know, things like that. So I'm like, I just didn't really want to go along with that, man. So I had to go back and I'm in there watching the Green Bay Packers game. And that's just and everybody's hitting yeah. me saying, hey, do you know how important this is? You should be watching the debate. We are. We're not watching it to to be informed. We're watching it to be entertained, and that's it's just as simple as that for me. So I mean, I guess that's that's my stance on it. Yeah, it's just just great. Um, Nicole, the the aspect of the NFL player right now, if they are for cap as an example, and on a PR level, let's talk that. There's a lot of players that have put a stance together. Uh, their owners haven't done anything primarily. And then we talked about it. Me and Troy talked about it. It was, I think it was Troy, was it Jerry Jones or something like that came out saying, Hey, if you do your thing uh, on the field, you're just, you're pretty much done. So, you know, in an aspect uh, of a PR aspect of it, I mean, that's got to put a perspective on somebody saying, okay, well, I'm going to lose my job or am I working like Troy says, or am I abiding by the corporate rules at this point? So it hasn't got to a level where it's bad, but it is at some point the, you know, some of the clubs have made a, a firm statement to the players themselves saying, hey, if, if this is not going to be allowed, you know what I mean, in terms of the anthem, for yeah. example. Yeah. So from a PR perspective, I understand the club's stance on that. I mean, working for the Raiders and being a Raider at the same time, I knew I was part of something much bigger than myself, right? When I walked out of the house – uh, and people start recognizing you, you realize they recognize you not because they remember what you did in high school. <laughs> they see you on the field. They see you in a calendar. They see you whatever. And because I held so much respect, not just for myself, but for the organization, and knowing that I was a representative of that, when there are rules that are forth that the, the organization from Al Davis himself set certain guidelines and boundaries because, hey, you're part of this. This entity is bigger. It's bigger than just its little part. You guys just, you need to have respect for that. And I totally, totally agree with, look, if we look at this from a a big perspective, the team, if we as a team and an organization don't all agree that this is our stance together, 
we fly together. You guys do not stray. If you want to stray, you go somewhere else. And I, I was always, always fine with that, always very respectful because I had a great pride in the organization and the family, for, you know, to, to be honest, that, that the Raider organization is. So that, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I also grew up with a great deal of just respect and, and understanding. Um, so I, I think it's fine that the clubs are kind of setting those rules. If it doesn't represent all of them, it doesn't represent some of them. Well, you know, there is a, a sentiment going around also regarding um, uh, uh, people's voting stances. Like, for instance, it's, it's now being a dis- it's, it's being reported that there are disconnects in NFL locker rooms over who they're voting for. And it was a it was a, a player. It was a home quoted player, a name player rather, um, and his quote was. If a teammate on my team is voting for Trump, I can't trust him. And so some of the locker rooms have started to go towards saying, listen, no political talk in the locker room. What do you sure. think about that stance? I agree. You know, here's the thing, uh, and I tell this to my team all the time. You know, we, we have to work together. We, are, we need to move in the same direction. We need to be concentrated on the tasks at hand that help us as a family, as a team, as an organization, push forward. Anything that can disrupt the family, quote-unquote, that I think that's why at work. You think about when, when you're a player on a, on a team, you are at work. When you are at work, religion and politics and even your relationships keep that at home. There is no... You know, I think with my team, we have some chatter on Slack, which is kind of fun. We'll talk about politics because for the most part, our whole company is kind of on the same page. We've kind of felt that out. Um, and, and it's like, okay, we'll talk about this or whatever. But we're all pretty comfortable with the same sort of view and vision uh, in terms of voting. But if, if we were to find that there were some people who, oh, you know what, I'm actually leaning towards this way. You know what? To be respectful of everyone and make sure that there is no disturbance in the family, guess what? That, those conversations don't need to happen. And, and football players, they're at work. That is their job. So religion, politics, keep it out if it's going to disrupt the flow. That's one of the things that was stressed to me when, when I was in the military where you, you, know, you go to the booth and then you vote your vote. You know, you don't spread it out between the men because when you're on the battlefield, it's not going to matter who you're, who you're up against or who you're voting for. When you're on the battlefield, you're one team, and you have to stand up for what it needs to be done. You have a difference of opinion, you know, on a voting sense, then, you know, you go to the booth, and that's your right to in secret to decide who you vote for. So, you know, it's, it's the same thing in business. When you have in business, uh, I'm with you, Nicole, if you get a – situation where everybody's similar in terms of mindset, but you have other people that are obviously indifferent, uh, then we have to come to the conclusion where it's going to be, you know, it's no longer going to be even a conversation because then you're going to get into what you call unproductive time and you're going to get into, you know, uh, what they call irate. Uh, You know, you get into just heated things that waste time. You're not going to be productive. I mean, you can do it off your off time. That's your right to do it off your off time. If you want to do it in that environment, um, you know, anywhere else, but 
it, it happens that way too. So I think the clubs just, they laid down the law, but I don't, you know, it wasn't such a, a bad situation. I think everybody understood that, uh, you know, to the point where somebody's going to say, well, you know, you, you get into a stance where, you know, you don't trust this person because they're voting for a certain candidate. And let me, let me just be very clear on this. Okay. The candidate that you're voting for, either candidate you choose is not a saint. He's about as human as you are going to make mistakes, going to just probably disappoint you, whatever. So, you know, don't put that person uh, uh, on a godly stand. Just, uh, just be uh, mindful of the fact that you're voting them because you believe in certain, you know, values, certain aspects of their campaign, and you believe in certain things that they, they, they promise they will stand for and accomplish. And, and that's the right for everybody. But to turn around and say, I don't like Troy, you know, because he's voting for or Trump or Hillary – that just, you know, what, we're going to be on the radio, we're just not going to, we're just going to part ways because we just have differences of opinion on a candidate. Now it's, you know, life moves on, as my grandmother would say, we all move on. We're going to survive right after November 8th. We're going to have to, you know, weather the storm, whether you uh, voted for somebody that you liked or you voted or the person that you didn't like won, as an example. Um, but in the end, we still got to, you know, we got to go back to work, like you said, we still got to go back and and, and, you know, work together with other folks as well. So it's just about the same process. So in the NFL aspect of it, I think that stance, I mean, Jerry Jones more vocal, and I think Troy had a point because he's in Texas. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I guess, what did you say, Troy, uh, corporate pressure and all that other stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, especially in being in Texas, I mean, that is, you know, there's very few states that are as prideful as, as, as Texas is. And so, and he also has like various, you know, businesses that he does that he's in, you know, collusion with Pepsi Cola is one of them. Uh, so, I mean, all of these things, it could, the pressure could have surely been coming from some of those people, because honestly, I don't see Jerry Jones doesn't seem to be as the type of owner who wants to be controlling. He's let his guys, you know, kind of do their own thing and just, you know, enjoy being football players. I mean, he's had to reel some things in, but he's given guys a lot of chances. So for him to be so staunch on this on this stance, it had to be, you know, him getting pressure from elsewhere. But then there's other owners in the NFL, like Jed York for the San Francisco 49ers, who have, you know, uh, allowed his players to be as vocal as they like. Paul Allen up in Seattle, you know, um, you know, he let his players be vocal. So it's all dependent upon um, you know, separate ownership. I, I really didn't like the stance of, of Jerry Jones, but I've come to more so understand it because, you mean, you know, being in the business and, and Nicole, you can also, you know, allude to this as well, is being in the business where it is your own business, but however, you still do have your clients that you have to answer to, and that's just part of being doing business. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, it's unfortunate. I'm just going to say it. I mean, if you look at how the Niners are playing right now, you know, with, with them being like, well, you can all have your separate opinions. You can all do this. And you could, that's not, that's not a family that's working together. Uh, yeah. I'll just be honest, you know, and it's, it's reflecting mm-hmm. on the field. And I think a little bit of just group pride, like a team mentality where, you know, your individual, I'm sorry, your individual opinions right now don't matter. You know what matters? Winning. Winning on Sundays and winning together. Playing together and putting every other difference aside. 
keep your opinions to yourself and concentrate on the game. That is your job. And I think that with leadership like that, probably be doing a little bit better. I think all of these different disjointed things, it doesn't bring the camaraderie together. It doesn't mesh the team together. And, and that's, that's reflecting on the field. So on the field, uh, Nicole, let's go to the Raiders. Cooper, Crabtree, Carr. Yeah. You got to feel good. You got to feel good. Oh, I mean, this is like, amazing. this is what they needed. This is what they needed. Yeah. Uh, I, I was telling Troy before, Del Rio is a good fit. Defensively, they're, they're really good. I mean, they're better than they were before, you know, two years ago. Uh, there's an offensive infusion to their game. Um, they're going to be competitive this year in the AFC. And then the only obstacle right now, I think, is Denver because San Diego shoots themselves on the foot almost every week in, week out. Kansas City is pretty much, you know, anybody can, can kind of look at them and go, well, this is what they're going to do with Alex Smith and this is what they're going to run. And they got injuries coming up. So it's a, it's a good year for uh, Raider Nation. It's a great year for the Raider Nation. And I think, you know, what I keep telling everyone, and especially because I also – you know, worked there right after the Super Bowl. If you really think about our history, and sorry, again, I uh, didn't know that this was going to be going a little past seven, so I apologize for any background. Uh, Welcome to my life. Um, So the the thing of it is we haven't had a solid coach and quarterback duo in years. Think about Rich Gannon and and, – Well, Coach Callahan, yes, we went to the Super Bowl with him, but he really, he was John Gruden's sort of next, right? Yeah, yeah. It was the leftovers from John Gruden. Yes. And those two together, they were, they they created a monster, right? And then, you know, we had Mike Lombardi, who's also our, you know, our GM. You know, we had a lot of, of great energy working together back in like the early 2000s, right? And then what happened? We lost that. And it's so important not just to have a great quarterback, but a great quarterback and a great coach together at the same time. They become the pillars for the team. And I think that in-house, the management is happy. This duo has been working together. And Carr is a great leader. We haven't had a solid, 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 solid quarterback since Gannon, I think. And with him coming in, the team respects him. The team will rally. And it's just beautiful to see because it's like that's exactly what I tell my team, too. I'm like, you know what? I'm your coach, but I'm not the only one on this team. I'm not the only one part of this franchise. I need an awesome quarterback. I need great running backs. I need wide receivers. I need people who are going to respect this organization and go win Super Bowls with me. That is how you make anything grow, a company, an organization. And now the Raiders, oh, it is awesome to watch on game day. And I'm so, so happy to see it. You know, I, I, I love the way that the Raiders are playing right now. I mean, especially the way they're scoring the ball. Yeah, they have their detractors. You know, there are people going to say the defense isn't doing what they should be. Khalil Mack should be having a bigger year. The secondaries get beat blah, blah, blah. But listen, when it comes down to it and you get wins in the NFL, you should never have to apologize for that. I mean, people speak on it as if it's easy or if all these teams, you're supposed to be beating teams by 28 points every time. This is the NFL. So when you get a win in the NFL, it's all valuable. 
So the one thing I like about the Raiders is that they play to win. And then I just think when Del Rio made that uh, that uh, two-point conversion call, uh, I believe it was week one, and um, just for him to make that, I think that set the tone for the rest of the season, that they were just they were going to play to win. And so when you watch them play out there and they play with that kind of enthusiasm, you see them winning, and you got players like Crabtree that's having a renaissance year, I mean, you got to love the way that the Raiders are playing. And when you know what, the NFL is that much better when Oakland is still on the map. I agree. I love that. <laughs> I love you saying that. Like, yes, the NFL is winning when, when the Raiders are doing well. The Raider Nation is, is alive and kicking and, uh, and happy on, on game day. So uh, it's, been, it's been really, really awesome to see them just, I don't know, shine. I feel like they've been able to shine this year, and it's really cool. It's, it's been a while. I hope it keeps up. Well, Nicole, are you going to Vegas if they move to Vegas? I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will, I am. I will say it right now. We will absolutely expand, and we will have an office uh, in Vegas. There you go. Will. I've, I've already told the team, and, uh, you know, where the Raiders go, we go. And, uh, and I'm, I actually hope that um, this is something that, that they can push through, and I'll, I'll be honest. You know, though I do love Oakland, I'm from the Bay Area, I grew up in Fremont, um, it's really unfortunate that the entire Bay Area hasn't embraced the Raider Nation. You know, the numbers don't lie. The, there are more 49er fans in the Bay Area with all of the tech companies and everything there. And, uh, you know, Vegas is, is actually really interested in having a team like the Raiders come in and, and sort of be the first NFL team there. And I think that the Raider energy would probably be perfect for a city like that. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I, I oh yeah. Wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at it. I really feel like um, it could very well be a good move to keep the Raiders, you know, at the end of the day, profitable, right? We, we still share a stadium with the Oakland A's and, and that goes into the, the company making money and, and being profitable. And you need to be able to be profitable to be able to afford the talent. Without being able to afford the talent, you can't win Super Bowls. And I think people need to take a step back from their sort of selfish ways and, oh, we need to stay in Oakland or I'm going to dump them. The Raiders are a business. And in order for that business to thrive, they need to go where they're going to make money. And I'm all for them doing that so they can keep winning. I can tell you right now, if it was me – I welcome Vegas because it's awesome. <laughs> exactly. There you go. And then, look, the, to, as, the, as, as a matter of fact, when we're speaking on the uh, Nevada Senate, they had the votes tonight to approve the stadium deal in Vegas. So, I mean, all it takes is, you know, for uh, Mr. Davis to go ahead and sign the dotted line at this point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I it, it's it's a good that. move. It's a good business move. Absolutely, and I, you know, I have my fingers crossed. I don't, nothing's going to be fully, fully announced till after the season. I think, uh, you know, j- just like when the the Rams were making their announcement or when they were allowed to make their announcement, um, wasn't till after last football season. I think people want right. to stay focused on the present, and also, you know, it's it's exciting that the Raiders have the rest of the season completely um, sold out, which is great. But I think it's also because people deep down know. Um, 
we might not be at the Coliseum forever. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's good. It's a good move for for them. Uh, that Las Vegas needs it. I mean, it's another entertainment uh, aspect for them. That's another draw commercially for them too. I mean, uh, the brand is is just you know so huge in terms of you know having the NFL. I mean, you can have the NHL. That's great, but it doesn't make as much buzz. The NBA doesn't make as much buzz. But having the uh, NFL brand along with the Raiders, with their legacy and their history uh, behind it. Uh, it's it, you know it's kind of like a no-brainer for anybody in Vegas in terms of the city council yeah. not to say yes to it. Absolutely, I agree with you 100. percent Nicole, you, you got if you got to go if you got to go, let us know now. I know you're a busy girl, so we can cut it now if you want. Uh, and you know, and yeah, sure. I, I know you're always busy, great. so. I'm, yeah, head into my next thing. But it's been an awesome, awesome experience kind of hanging with you guys for the last hour. You guys are great. And uh, just keep it up. I'm so happy. I was listening in earlier. You guys were talking about your growth and 16,000, you know, followers strong. Big, big fan. Keep it going. Always, always enjoy sort of chatting with you guys and visiting. So thank you for having me. And um, go Raiders. Oh, yeah. Go Raiders. Nicole, Nicole. continue success. And wish you you a lot of success. And um, God bless you. Safe travels out there. Uh, have a great evening. Thank you for making the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, for no supporting problem. us as well. And so uh, have a great evening. Uh, a little bit of wine or your beverage there. And, <laughs> and, and uh, we'll look forward to another chat. Finally. Yes. God bless. Same to you. Take care. Bye, guys. Take care. All right, Nicole. Thank you. All right. So that's Nicole Rodriguez uh, in our NRPR in our group. Um, uh, Troy, I can tell you right now, this this uh, yeah this lady right here, ground up to where she's at now, um, in a short period of time, with all the vast experience in the marketing aspect of it, with the NFL, with the Raiders, and and all that. Um, uh, I, I all I can say is I'm I'm blown away. I'm actually privileged to have been able to interview her more than once, and obviously interact with her. Um, so there's a lot of good things we can learn from her as well. Uh, every time she comes on, we get a nice PR perspective in, in terms of, you know, what she would do or what she would take care of. And if you sit in her seat, like if we decided to sit in her seat, it's sort of like a fine line because you have to construct something that's going to be positive for everybody, but at the same time, uh, beneficial to the client. And then ultimately, uh, it has to come out, like she says, you know, in a way where, um, if it's a if it's a negative thing, you got to spin it quickly to make it positive or okay, and to move forward. If it's horribly bad, um, you know, at th- at times like last time we interviewed her, uh, you have to reel in your client, and you really have to you know sit them down and say you got to change your ways, or I'm just I'm just walking away from you. So kind of a tough business in that sense, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. It is a tough business. And then, by the way, you know, you always have the best guests on here, man. You got Cole, you got Neil, you got Holly coming on. You always you always get the best guests, and they're always informative, man. But, yeah, to, to, that, to that point, I mean, it's just, you know, at some point you just got to cut it off, man. I mean, yeah, and, and going back to, um, you know, something uh, uh, Nicole alluded to as far as, like, you know, team stance on – um, you know, speaking on you know in the political part of it, I just think that's a that's not a, that's not something that's been talked about enough. 
And I wish that, you know, the article was pushed a little bit more. I mean, I found it on ESPN Mag. And um, um, and just to hear about something like that, I just didn't even think about it from, from that aspect. It didn't even cross my mind. And it's just, I think that's also part of the narrative of the, why people are upset with Colin Kaepernick. Because football is, you know, is a retreat from, from your real life. I mean, that's what, you know, people do on every Sunday. You don't even think about anything with your job. You just want to talk about your team. And I just think we don't always understand when it, the political part of it goes on to the actual team members. See, they're human beings, so they're going to have human being feelings also. So it's just such a yeah. like a huge dynamic right now with this whole political landscape. And it's, I just hope, you know, at some point we get to heal from all the divisiveness, you know. But, wow, man, it's just – It ain't going to be any – it won't be any time soon, I can tell you right now. I mean, everybody yeah. is – I think this this year, um, I, I wouldn't call it a, a, a total divide, but I think e- e- this year everybody's either set on one candidate or the other. It's really that. It's just like you said earlier when you said, hey, I'm watching football because I've already made my mind. You know what I mean? I don't need to hear four debates, six debates to change my my stance. You know what I'm saying? It's like at some point down the road, um, you know, you've already made your decision. And if you have a major decision, uh, as you know, as my neighbor would say, you're on the fence, and you know if you got to make a decision because uh, it's it's one or the other. And it, you know, I don't, I, I don't oppose one uh, one person over another based on their choice. I'm not going to go in there and, and say, okay, because you voted for that person, I hate you. But if it's a situation internally in the locker room, and you're just clearly coming out and saying that. Um, that really will disturb the the consistency of the team in terms of, um, you know, trust is number one. And number two, the execution on the field is really going to be the biggest factor because you get to a stage where, you know, I'm not saying that this is probably happening in San Francisco as, as uh, Nicole was kind of pointing out that it, it could divide a team where that were, um, it becomes a situation where because a couple of players stood up with the, for the individual player, let's say cap, for example, now all of a sudden the other players feel like, okay, they got let down and we're not going to work together. You know, we're going to just, you know, make it difficult for this person to succeed. And, and ultimately what you're doing is just you're basically killing the team because wins and losses, no matter what, if you're losing, you're losing. And uh, half the time when you're losing, as one of my coaches said before, there's only a couple people in this room, and that's everybody, that needs to go to the mirror because you are failing. <laughs> And you got to look at yourselves in the mirror and going, you know, who do you want? Who do you want to succeed? This team, yourself? Because if you're if you're for not for the team, as she said, uh, at some point somebody's going to make a decision to cut you and go, you're done, your career is done. So if you value your, you know, your 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 job as an example, um, you know, off the field, hey, I'm I have never had a problem. Even when I was in management and in, in, in doing management. I've, you know, I've had to tell people many a times, and I'm pretty sure you've done it before, Troy, uh, in in a, in a capacity. I've had to tell people, whether you like me or don't like me, when you punch in, you will respect me, and that's all that I ask. The fact that you will respect me while I'm on the while you're on the clock, when you when you punch out, you can go do what you want. You don't have to talk to me. You don't have to do make a conversation with me. You don't even have to interact with me. And that's your right. And my right is to just enforce to you and address to you that when you're on the clock, you will 
abide by the rules of the company and you will respect me. And a lot of times people, I took flack for that. I took, you know, people come up to me and just get in my face for that. And I used to say, you know what, that's how you break the divide. We are a team here. We have to function as a unit. We have to make sales. We have to come up with intake because if we don't, some of us are not going to have jobs. And that could be you. It could be me. Because at some point, that's what it boils down to, the fact that a position will be eliminated based on so much controversy that the organization makes a decision about mending ways and cutting off somebody. And that's, I mean, it sounds cruel, but that's reality in business. That's how it works. Yeah, I mean, and I'm in, I am in management. Um, and what I tell my guys, anybody that's working under me is, you know, I say just the same way you did, except just, you know, pretty different. Um, so I tell them, I say, look, when you punch in, I need eight hours from you. That's it. You don't have to have a beer. Yep. You don't have to hang out. I don't have to even know your kids' names. I don't have to know none of that. But when you're in here, yep. I need eight hours from you. That's it. Okay? And if well, something organically comes out of that and we become cool, that's fine. But, you know, I'm not pressing that. So you don't have to like me. You, know, you may not like me because I'm going to tell you to do some things that you may not like, and I'm going to tell you some things you may not, you know, you may not want to hear. And that's just, you know, it is what it is, man. So, yeah, I'm definitely on the, on the same page with you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're, you're, you've played football before. I mean, if you get, you know, we, you get people on the team that are not going to put a full effort uh, when it comes to, like, for example, the offensive line or any of that aspect. If, uh, if one or two people are not doing their job and they're failing at it and they're doing it right. deliberately, uh, everybody knows who it is. You know, it's going to get right. to a point where they're going to be blacklisted quickly. Uh, yeah, because yeah. you know it's 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 one thing is an isolated incident. Another thing is a consistent consistent issue of failing and not executing. And you can tell it right off the bat when you're on the line. You can tell who is putting 110 percent, and you can tell who is just like half-assed doing their job. It's really simple to do because um, you know plays happen in certain ways, and if it doesn't get executed correctly, it's pretty. I mean, you can tell. I'm, that's all I'm saying. You can literally tell when something's going right and when something is completely wrong and when when one person off the 11 is not doing their part. Yeah, I'm right with you, man. Right with you. I just, you know, I just, it, it's amazing how it's just uh, taking this kind of effect. Uh, it's just it's spilled into all walks of life. It's just, you know, interrupted a lot of things. So maybe that was me psychologically saying, I'm just not even going to watch the debate. I just want to watch something I can enjoy and just have a good time with that because I just love football. Everybody yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, and, and it's it's like really what we talked about earlier, um, you know, when things, when politics jumps over to sports, as we had talked about before, it's it's really, it's it's okay right now because it's not like your, you know, your European or Central America aspects of things where, you know, politics jump into the stands and people start to kill each other, shoot each other and, you know, all this other chaos that happens internationally sometimes, right. with, like within the, the realm of soccer, that just, they, people go nuts. They end up killing a goalkeeper just for, you know, for the fact that they lost the game. <laughs> it's like, okay, you got a little overboard there. You know what I mean? That, that's yeah. happened in the past. It's like, you know, I mean, come on. It's, that's almost like, you know, getting rid of a kicker because he misses a field goal. It's just, just, yeah, just I mean, idiotic that'll, that'll to think be... that way. But um, I mean, that's that's how bad it gets. I don't I don't know 
how you know just you just need to you know you need to if you're a team if abide by the corporate rule and then just do your job if you feel like it's the environment's not for you then you probably need to just you know resign and put in your your time and just say I'm, I'm moving on somewhere else I just wonder who would do that. Like, I just want to – I want to see somebody stand up and just, like, look, I'm going to do what I want to do. It's always always going to be one. But I'm surprised there haven't been. So, just you know, maybe that just says to the respect that they have for, you know, someone like Jerry Jones who would come up with a goal like that. I can tell you right now, Troy, as bad as we say that, okay, we got – you know, we'll put up our two cents. Uh, When somebody says, no problem – you're no longer making 800000 and you can go work at Burger King for 11 hours an hour. Sort of reality check. You know, when you come home and you go, hey, I'm, I'm just going to quit my job. I'm going to tell them that I'm screwing that because I'm standing up for, for what's right. And then your wife says, say what? <laughs> Think that's over right. once again? You know, because yeah. when you've been on a practice you- squad, I had a friend of mine who made the practice squad uh, for the Raiders a while back. And, to be on the practice squad, I think it was 120000 just to go to practices and to scrimmage and do all the stuff that needs to be done throughout that eight-hour shift, right? Mm-hmm. Once you get on the roster, it's like 800000 Imagine right. the amount of increase in your pay from 120000 to 800000 as a minimum. Right. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't if – you're, if you're a professional, in other words, if you're in college, I get to you turn around and go, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm moving on to another university because it, it's not going to be such a, you know, a big deal in that aspect of it. I mean, to financial, it might be a strain. But, but when you're a professional, your agent is going to wake you up and go, what? Because <laughs> his cut just got cut. <laughs> There's a lot more factors yeah. behind it. The wife, the agent, <laughs> uh, any yeah, brand yeah. or corporate – yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They're just, you don't have to answer to somebody. It's, it's, like a, it's like a web, you know what I mean? It's like it's like one of these things where it, it, it's not like up to you in any, anymore. It's like it's, it's a matter of like some other people are going to go, what What are you doing? What? Uh, it's, it's just boils down to that. So it's kind of a sensitive aspect of it in that sense because it's on the business end of it, you are losing a lot of intake. And so you want to give up all that intake, you know? And to your point before, you know, you were saying how tough it is to play in the NFL – it's even tougher to make the roster in the NFL and stay on a roster. Most people don't realize that because they don't have guaranteed contracts. They have a guaranteed right. contract for certain, you know, maybe for a season or, but it's not guaranteed. Unlike in basketball or baseball or any other sport, you know, here you're, you're one and done. If you're injured, if you don't get back on the field, that could be the end for you. So it's pretty cut, cutthroat in terms of the, the NFL. Um, we got about what? 25 minutes. Let's dive into college because well, I was going to dive into NFL, but we already talked NFL enough. And uh, if you want to get the results for the NFL, next week's matchups, um, pretty much, you know, you, uh, at thefantasygreek.com, you take a look at the waivers, the uh, uh, fantasy sleepers, and all that at thefantasygreek.com. And so you can go there as well. Um, Troy, before we move on, I will give you props. So uh, Washington, uh, were you happy with, with Washington this past week? Uh, you talking about the Washington Huskies or the Washington Redskins? Well, no, the the big uh, DC, the big DC club. Oh man, yeah, I'm happy, man. I'm 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 really excited. I mean, you know, I'm just starting to see a turnaround. Our defense is starting to actually make plays. Um, you know, they're reducing the points. They haven't had a whole lot of teams scoring them in the second half. They're making the plays that they have to make. Kind of the same way the Raiders are starting to win. Um, I just think the Redskins are going down the same road where. They 
don't make the mistakes that will completely beat them. They let the they beat the other team with the mistakes. So I just think it's the way that they're playing. Kirk Cousins is being efficient, um, better on defense. I just wish we could run the ball better. So you know maybe in the coming weeks they're gonna make some changes, and if they can, I just think the sky's the limit. We go to Philly. We come home. We play Philly here. I'll be at that game. Man, this is gonna be nasty. Because, I mean, you, uh, everyone who knows me knows how I feel about the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I mean, so you're I, all for I, the Phillies, right? One team. I, I, that's one team I absolutely dislike. I don't even dislike the Cowboys, but I absolutely dislike the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate their fans. I just I, I, I can't stand that team. So we got – Look to me like it's – You're in that, you're in that uh, uh, I don't like my neighbor status. Too close to you. Just my yeah, neighbor is just – too close. I cannot believe my Rams lost to the Bills. Yeah, I cannot believe my Bills. I mean, my Rams lost to the Bills. But um, God, I I knew that. Deep down, I knew the Bills were going to come in with more firepower than they have, and so that was really the difference there. The firepower was was more of a difference. Um, So we'll move on to that. But you know, I'll take the. I'll take the. um, I'll take the. You know, the three and two as we are now, and. Continue to do the hashtag Firefisher. That's not a problem. We'll still do that until the end of the season. I mean, you, you know what so you guys should start with? You should start a new banner and say Fire Keenum. I, I think that you just move on from Keenum. Yeah, he's just, he's not special. Like, he's not – is he a re- legitimate quarterback? Like, I watched him play. Are you impressed by him? I would honestly rather have Blaine Gabbard than than have Case Keenum. He just—he's just not. I would a rather have golf quarterback. Just give me golf. Yeah, I would rather bear the pain of golf for the ne- the rest of the season than than this kid. Right, but you know what? That's why I'm saying hashtag Fire Fisher. That's it. That, that's the coach's move. Sure. That's the coach's issue. Um, <laughs> okay, let's 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 dive into. I'll dive into the women's game recap. So and then we'll dive into college football to end it all here. So we can end it at this point. Um, Let's see here. Jets, uh, the women's matchup, week nine, October 8th, Green Iron, Queensland. So that's what we're talking about right now. The Jets defeated the uh, Moreton Raptors 56-0 to zero behind uh, uh, Christy Moran and company. So they're undefeated, 6-0-1, second place right now in the Queensland League. Then we had the Ravens. Bayside Ravens defeated the Saints 54-6. to six. And uh, Troy, Saints, are put up 12 points already last two weeks. Six points last week, six points this week. Hey, golf clap for them. They've done well. They've put up two points, uh, two touchdowns consistently week back-to-back weeks. So we got to be proud of them. So Saints versus there Brisbane Saints. I mean, uh, excuse me, Bayside Ravens versus the Brisbane Saints, 54-6. Two weeks in a row that they've put up some points there. Um, so this last week they got beat 26 to six. This week they got beat 42 to six. So they doubled on their beat down, but they did score the same amount of points. So we got to give them props for that at least. Um, so the Stingrays, the champion Stingrays, uh, going for back-to-back titles this season, they're still seven and zero. the Stingrays defeated the, um, uh, Southern coast, uh, uh, Spartans 42 to six. And so last week, uh, the week before that, they they had their tough matchup against uh, the Thunder and they beat the Thunder thirty to twelve, and the Ravens coming off last week off a tie against the Jets. It was a even in overtime it was thirty six thirty six in a draw. It was a great battle for them. So coming up next week, this coming week, October fifteenth, in we're there in Queensland. We're looking at the Ravens 
versus the Spartans should be a win for the Ravens, considering their uh, their good record so far and their offensive threat, and they're putting up over 30 points a game, while the Spartans are barely trying to put up six points, just like the Saints. So it uh, should be Ravens' win for that. Then the Thunder takes on the Jets, very competitive. Arola Tula taking on Christy Moran, both of our Norjok football supporters there uh, on either side of the ball. Thunder, like I said earlier, uh, good club. They're coming off a bye week. Uh, the Thunder coming off a loss, 30-12. to 12, Should look for a victory here. And the Jets were obviously coming off a big 56-0 to zero win against the Raptors. So this, this will be more competitive, even um, game. And so that's the only two games in uh, Great Iron Queensland. So Great Iron New South Wales, go to the Great Iron New South Wales at Great Iron NSW on Twitter, and you can get the link there. You can also go to our timeline uh, for the Week 8. It was the Raiders to, uh, beating the Phoenix and also UTS Gridiron got their first win. Congratulations to them of the season. Um, so they took care of Newcastle Cobras as well. So um, that's the women's recap at this point. And if all the latest news, go to a Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. You can catch that on there. And on our Facebook page right now, if you go there, there's a, a Day of the Girl. Uh, we ended up posting uh, some stuff there as well as on our Twitter feed. Uh, congratulating a lot of the talented players globally for their efforts um, for the Day of the Girl event. So um, you go to the Gridiron Beauty site right now at uh, facebook.com, Gridiron Beauties, and you can check out all the uh, inspirational um, aspect of it. There's also the viral video. Um, I don't know if uh, Kishi sent it to us as well, Troy, the viral video of Kelly McNamara. Um, she was uh, basically tackling a uh, kicker. And she ended up doing an awesome tackle on the return punt. Um, so it's going a little viral out there. So uh, congratulations to her as well. And we also have a story up there on our Gridiron um, Beauties page uh, from Gridiron Queensland, one of our network supporters, Zenville football uh, players. There's an article there for them. And we have another article for Eliza Garcia out of Raintown South Mill School. So you can read up on those stories of those girls obviously breaking barriers and doing their thing, playing American football. So um, that's it. So pretty much. So college football, Troy, um, I mean, it's, it's getting down to the point where uh, certain people are going to make the bowls and other people are not going to make the bowls. So um, kind of give us a rundown of, you know, who's in the mix. To, you know, we already know Alabama, top five is probably ideal, but who, what do we need to look up in terms of the poll? Are we, are we looking at the 10 to 20 in terms of the rankings now where positioning has to be key? Well, actually, right now is the time where you have up-and-coming teams start to make their bid, uh, you know, for um, for bowl position and also ranking position. Like, for instance, uh, you know, you got Wake Forest and Florida State that are going to play this weekend and going into Tallahassee. Now, Wake Forest is not what you would call a powerhouse team, but right now they're playing their 4-1. and one. So all they've been doing all season is winning. And actually ahead in the standings, you know, in front of uh, Florida State. So if Wake Forest can come in and pull off the upset with, against Florida State, who just beat Miami University of Miami last weekend, um, I just think that that bodes well for Wake Forest. They'll be highly ranked if they can pull off the upset with the Seminoles. Who surprised you this week? Uh, was it the Pac? Was it the Pac-10 at this point? Uh, which conference surprised you this week? I think the biggest surprise for me is how Stanford is failing. I mean, 
the past few years, this team has had, uh, you know, a lot of uh, great fortune and a lot of great plays. And right now, they're, they've been beaten down twice in a row, once by Washington uh, two weeks ago and then this past weekend uh, against Washington State. And just to see, you know, we're, we're talking about the Pac-12 bullies on the block. And all of a sudden now they're, you know, they're just, you know, they're an afterthought and Washington is the dominant team. It's just surprising to me how Stanford hasn't recovered uh, as of yet, you know, with, with all the injuries that, that they've had in the secondary. So that's the, the, the biggest surprise for me. And also uh, the, another big surprise is that the Big Ten right now has four teams in the top ten. You got Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Nebraska is coming in at the number ten team. That's a big surprise because the SEC is typically they're, they're dominating the top twin. So to see the Big Ten up there, definitely a big surprise for me. Yeah, and we got uh, we got like I said earlier, uh, we got the movement coming up now. You had you have Ole Miss moving up into the almost in the top ten, Baylor moving up into the top ten. Nebraska definitely into the top 10 now. Uh, Wisconsin moving up, uh, and we're talking about the AP top 25. Um, and then Texas A&M also moving up. Um, so it's Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Michigan, Washington, Texas A&M, Louisville, Wisconsin, Tennessee, and Nebraska that make your top 10. So um, this coming week, it's it's crucial at this point. I mean, I don't think any of the top teams are going to change. It's going to change much here, but who do you see, if anything, uh, if it's going to change anything in the in the top ten or maybe the top five? Well, it definitely could because you have some really big games that are coming up this week. Uh, for instance, you have uh, Ohio State going into Camp Randall to play the Wisconsin Badgers. Now, Wisconsin took a beating against the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan just out-physicaled another physical team, so that bodes well for that Michigan team. But Wisconsin is still physical enough to handle an Ohio State team that's more of a finesse team. Now, Ohio State is, is probably one of the more explosive teams in the, in the whole country. So it's not going to be an easy task. But Wisconsin's defense is pretty tough. It's going to be a good matchup. They're going into Wisconsin. It's always been a tough place to play. So I think that bodes well for Wisconsin if they can, if they can upset the Buckeyes at that point. You also have another game in the SEC – what Ole Miss, so they're going to play Arkansas. Now, Arkansas last week took a big loss to Alabama. But, I mean, at this point, when you lose to Alabama, it's almost to be expected. I mean, you're talking about a team who won four national titles out of the past six. So when you lose to them, it's not really, you know, that hurtful. So they didn't drop too far in the polls. They dropped down to number 22. And they're playing an Ole Miss team, another team that's getting a whole lot of respect before they lost their first game to number four, then number four FSU, Florida State. And then they two weeks later, they lost another game to the number one team in Alabama. So despite those two losses, Ole Miss is still ranked number 12 because they look like to be the, that strong of a team going forward. To me, they may be the second best team in the conference aside from Ole Miss. I mean, excuse me, aside from uh, Alabama. You want to say Tennessee, but is Tennessee playing on luck? Are they playing on, you know, uh, just sheer guts at this point? Who knows, but they did take a bad loss last weekend. To that same Texas A&M team who's moved up to number six in the rankings this week. But the now, what do you think of Navy? Oh, man. See, hey, hey look, look, that Navy game, okay, I, I spoke earlier in the year about, um, you know, teams that run a triple option. 
I just love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, to me, that's just that's football right there. That takes you back to the old days of, of playing football. I mean, that was the first type of offense, you know. It was just to watch them still run it. And despite that their starting quarterback was hurt, and I believe even the second-string quarterback was hurt as well, um, they still yeah. kind of came out and beat their Houston team, a team that could have been competing for the national championship, and they still are that good. But Navy just poses its own type of problems that they have, man. It's just, just a great win for that team. Shouts out uh, to, you know, Coach um, uh, Nui Matalolo. Uh, he's just he's just an incredible coach, following the same footsteps, um, you know, from uh, coaches previously there. Now the Big 12, you got Baylor, Oklahoma, um, Oklahoma State, TCU, pretty much in that mix uh, with West Virginia. So uh, this, this is the week that maybe, you know, somebody st- – Stands up a little front and center, you know, in terms of who's going to win. I mean, they're Baylor on a five-game win, uh, five winning streak. Let me see my notes. Yeah, five-win, five-win winning streak. West Virginia on a four-game winning streak. Um, so all those teams between Kansas State, TCU, Oklahoma, they're on a winning streak. So this week, uh, do you expect any of those to, you know, continue their winning streak, or, there, or somebody's going to fall there? Well, I mean, whenever you think of the Big Twelve. And, and the past few years, especially since RG3 left there, you have to account for Baylor. And Baylor right now is 5-0. and They're undefeated. They're on a roll. Their role is going to definitely continue this past this weekend right here because they go – they play Kansas at home. Kansas is just – I'll give you an example of how bad Kansas is. They beat Rhode Island their first game of the year. Now, Rhode Island is by no means a powerhouse. As a matter of fact, they're a um, – Bowl championship division team, so they're not even in the 1A. And they had their fans at Kansas storm the field, and there was maybe like 20 of the fans that were in the stands for this. And the, the announcer on the on the on the um, uh, the announcer at the stadium, he have some pride in your school. We're supposed to win this game. It was just a travesty. But that's how bad the <laughs> Kansas team is. <laughs> It, I'm telling you, you got to see the YouTube clip. It's just, it's awful. Oh, but I saw it. Team Kansas, <laughs> we'll yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's just bad. I, so, I'm on totally agree with you. Baylor's not going to lose this game. Baylor by far is not going <laughs> to lose this game. If you got the money to put on this one, just to be maybe like 50 points. I mean, the line is 35. That's sure. not enough. They are awful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Big Ten, you got Michigan, Ohio State up in the top five. You got Nebraska moving into the top ten. Um, do you see anything there in the Big Ten? Well, I'm surprised of how Nebraska's played this year. To have them both in the top ten is just this tremendous. You know, so these are back in the days. I mean, just like I was talking earlier about Oakland. You know, if Oakland is good, then all is right in the NFL. Well, if Nebraska is good, if, um, you know, that's a blue blood team. So if Nebraska is doing well, and then it feels like you know this is right. If Texas is doing well, you know this is this the way it's supposed to feel like. So I'm definitely surprised about that. Um, Michigan, I'm just happy with the way they play. They beat Rutgers 78 to nothing. I just think they kind of wanted to one up Ohio State team who previously beat Rutgers 58 to nothing. So they ended up being 20 points higher than that. And then you have of course. Ohio State and Wisconsin, who are playing this weekend, 
So that's going to work itself out one way or the other. But I think if Wisconsin beats Ohio State, Ohio State probably will still be in the top ten. Now, on the West, we don't we normally don't talk Mountain West, but at this point, Boise State, Wyoming, uh, showing some light there. Uh, they're undefeated in that. Uh, so, and then you got Hawaii coming out strong this year. So, I know they're you know the Mountain West doesn't get much you know coverage in terms of you know with the bigger conferences, but uh, Boise State we've talked about in the past. They've actually made some sort of a run. Do you expect them to kind of like try to make a run this year again? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, they've, they've been the dominant team in that conference um, year in and year out. And, you know, teams kind of feared going up to, you know, to play on that blue turf. But then you also have uh, Air Force that you have to account for. Now, Air Force beat that Navy team, um, you know, that I was just giving props to, and they actually run the same type of offense. So, again, they pose their own set of problems. And to see the way that they score points and, and they can run up and down the field, you have to, you know, take your hats off to them. Now, you also have to look out for Wyoming because Wyoming beat Air Force. So, and that was Air Force's first loss. So, this conference is going to have some competition at, at key spots, but you have to take your hats off and, and take a look at Wisconsin. I mean, excuse me, um, uh, Wyoming, and you know they're, they're pretty much a surprise team this year. So, can they compete with the Boise State? You know, it's yet to be seen at this point. Now, the SEC East, uh, we're going to be talking about Southern, the Southern Conference and obviously the East and the West. Nothing really changes there because we're, we're looking at top ten teams. You know, Texas moving in up, up in the rankings. Alabama, obviously, the, the, you know, at the top. Tennessee within that mix. Um, so, a pretty tight race in that aspect of it. Uh, in terms of the East, it's pretty tight right now. It's 2-1 uh, and one Florida, Tennessee 2-1, and one, Georgia and Kentucky at 2-2. and two. Uh, pretty much, and then in the West is where it it's going to get competitive. You got Texas A&M at four and zero. You got Alabama at three and zero. So who do you, who do you see there at this point this coming week? It's going to. I mean, I don't think Alabama is going to lose this coming week. Period. But well, um, they could. Now Alabama has they're going into Nashville to play Tennessee, and Tennessee is ranked number nine in the country. Alabama is ranked number one. Now Alabama is a powerhouse. But Tennessee has proven to be a real tough out. I mean, you know, they threw the Hail Mary pass two weeks ago, and they were that close, that close. They were a, a missed field goal away from coming all the way back against Texas A&M this past weekend. I just think Tennessee is really tough, and they're really gritty, and they can find ways to win. This is going to be an interesting weekend. So don't don't write your check yet, you know, for Alabama. Alabama is not invincible. They've been beat. But they just haven't been beaten in this time of year by a team that's way less than them. So even if Alabama loses to Tennessee, one of these situations where they probably won't drop out of the top ten because the voters really respect how strong that Alabama program is. All right. So um, this week, if you follow Troy at Troy Wilson underscore one, you get NFL action on Sunday, Friday, and Saturday key games. Um, he'll be following a couple of the games and tweeting those out. So you can go to at Troy underscore one at Troy underscore one, and you can uh, interact with him and talk about college football on Friday, Saturdays, and obviously the big day NFL and Monday and Thursday as well. So uh, you can always, always go to uh, at gridiron beauty with us as well. And you can chat on anything pro sports or college sports as well. Um, 
I want to just make sure you guys understand we are on ultimatesportstalk.com. You can go to their site, check out all the major sports, MMA, WWE, all the stuff that's going on in terms of sports. You can go to ultimatesportstalk.com. You can also catch our podcast there week to week. Uh, you can replay any of the past podcasts last week and the week before and 100 podcasts previous to that. So we're actually, uh, I think it's, uh, we're approaching almost uh, 160 podcasts, which is to my, uh, I'm blown away technically. We're, we're, we're almost nearing 200. So uh, it's going to be great to do that. Um, but thank you everybody for listening. Subscribe to our uh, podcast here on Block Talk Radio. You can also listen to it on uh, ultimatesportstalk.com. Uh, Troy is very insightful. So if you missed podcasts or you miss any other podcast, make sure you go back and replay them. Uh, always insightful. He's always on the edge and he's always on top of things. So uh, that's why we brought him on. And that's why he's the man for college football. So if you're into college football uh, at Troy underscore one, you can follow him there and um, interact with him as well. Um, Troy, it's uh, this week. It's going to kind of get a little crazy in the NFL. So Thursday night, uh, we're taking a, you know, we're, we'll basically uh, be on, on social media. Then, then Sunday, big day, so we're getting into week six or so coming up to it. Uh, what's the two key games before we get out of here that people should be att- paying attention to in terms of the NFL weekend? Well, one of the bigger games that I would like to, for people to check out would be that Washington-Philadelphia game. That's going to be the big NFC East tilt. Um, Philadelphia's coming off their first loss. The Redskins have won three straight. This is going to be, you know, a big game in that NFC East. And so you got to stay tuned to sit there to, to find out how that plays out. Also, you have Cincinnati, New England. Now, Cincinnati has taken three big losses this year. No one expected this team to, to play that way. But, however, they do play New England pretty well. So to watch that, you have to take a look to see if Cincinnati can get back on track. And can New England, can they beat New England and Foxborough? The biggest game of the weekend is going to be Atlanta against Seattle. Now, Atlanta is red hot right now, especially after uh, putting 300 yards up against the Carolina's defense and then last weekend beating the defending champions of Denver Broncos. They are on an absolute roll. But they come down, they have to go to Seattle. And we all know that it's very hard to win in Seattle. So can Atlanta continue that hot streak? I mean, they went to another tough place last week in Mile High, Knee, but this is going to be a different animal. Russell Wilson had a week off to prepare for this game. We're going to see how that, that, that you know, unfolds as, as we go. Awesome. And you can also follow Cowboys. If you're a Cowboys fan, you can follow Kishi at Kishi's Cuties. And so you can take care of that. If you're a Cowboys fan, you can also interact with the NFL as well. So at Green Beauties, at Kishi's Cuties, and at Troy Wilson underscore one. So for uh, Oscar Lopez, Troy Wilson and the absent in Kishi Free will be here next week on the Gridiron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio and UltimateSportsTalk.com. Thanks to Nicole Rodriguez of NRPR for coming in and talking football, talking PR with us. Always a good time with her, so greatly appreciate it. So we'll see you here next week right here on Block Talk Radio, UltimateSportsTalk.com. Have a good night, everybody. See you guys.